seated, grab your Bible. We're going to Psalm 4. We've been talking, and we're going to do this for another week, but we've been talking about strength in prayer, how to draw strength from prayer. And so we're really talking about prayer, but we're talking about how to be strengthened in prayer. And, of course, prayer brings revival. Prayer changes things. Anybody believe that prayer changes things? All right, so we've got somebody here that believes that. All right, Psalm 4, and we're just looking at verse... Uh, three. So we're going to look at Psalm four, Psalm five, Psalm six. So we're we're purposely uh, just kind of walking slowly through a few of the Psalms here. So strength in prayer from the Psalms, Psalm four and verse three. Um, <clears throat> can you can you just read that with me? But know that the Lord hath set apart him that is godly for himself. All right? So there's the beginning of our scripture. Let's read it again. But know that the Lord hath set apart him that is godly for himself. See, that's completely politically incorrect. That God has set the godly apart for himself. See, we're in a culture that says, can't make any difference, can't have it. Of course, they do, but that's what they're trying to tell everybody. But let me tell you something. God loves the righteous, and the evil will be judged. That's why a, prairie, a praying soul is going to make the difference. Can we just lift our hands and thank God for it before we're seated? Lord, today I pray you bless the word. Touch our hearts. Help us to receive it and see in it things that can make a difference in our life and our world. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. And you can be seated. God bless you. Thank you. Keep your Bibles out. Now, we're going back to Psalm 4. We're looking at verse 3. We're going to read three verses. Now, I'm sure I typed it in right. So, But if I didn't, well, uh, we're going to go back. We're going to read verse 3. But know that the Lord. So, in other words, when you talk like that, you're saying, okay, now know this. Listen up. The Lord has set apart him that is godly for himself. Now, that's important because when you pray, many times godly people don't feel worthy. And you know what I'm talking about? Most, now, there are people who think they're worthy and they're not worthy. You know, there are people that think they're, they're God. They're not God. But I'm, there are many, many Christians who are humble and they feel, Lord, I'm just not good enough. And, Lord, my prayer, you know, what does my prayer matter and stuff like that. It's not because you doubt God, it's because you doubt yourself. Many times people doubt themselves. Maybe they, uh, maybe they just have things and they think God is, uh, the, the, this is more psychology than it is spiritual. Many people feel like, for example, I've known people whose who's dad was very harsh on them and they always thought God was going to be harsh with them. That's psychology. That's not spiritual. Now, it affects you spiritually. But when someone is impacted by things, they may look at themselves in a way that isn't completely true. And so they may think, well, God's not going to answer my prayer because I'm not perfect or something like that. Now, of course, in our world, you see, I've got to balance this because we're in a world that says you can do anything you want to. And there's no heaven. There's no hell. There's no there's no there's nothing to stop you from doing whatever you want to do. In fact, it's champ. It's uh, championed. It's uh, applauded that people do things that are ungodly. But the fact of the matter is that 
God hears the prayer of the of the godly and that he sets them apart for himself. That's what the that's what the authorized version here says. The Lord has set apart him that is godly for himself. That is to say, when it comes to the matter of prayer. Now, I don't mean by this, so I'm, I'm going to walk through it. I want to hurry. But it doesn't mean that the Lord won't hear a, a rank sinner. Let's say you're in prison and you're a, a horrible, vile person. And then suddenly you cry out to God that God, does, God will hear you. I'm not saying that. That's not what we're saying. What we're saying is that the godly prayer is put on the very top burner. The godly woman, the godly man that begins to cry out to God, the Lord is already there. He's already listening. Hallelujah. So whatever it is you need. So some of you today, you don't know how it's going to happen, but it's because you're a godly person. I didn't say you're absolutely perfect and you, and you did never burn toast. So what? You burn the toast once in a while and you feel bad about it. Um. Okay, let's move on. So the Lord has set apart him that is godly for himself. The Lord will hear when I call unto him. You see, that's his that's the uh, psalmist in uh, Psalm four. Psalmist David. So he says, because the Lord has set the godly for himself, then the Lord will hear my call. Can you lift your hands and just say, Lord, I believe that because I am your child, you're going to hear me. Hallelujah. Praise God. You know, the Lord's prayer says, our father, which art in heaven. Everyone say our father, our father. That means I'm your child. Now, how many of you would put your children in jail because they weren't perfect? There wouldn't be a kid running around. See, nobody does that. Nobody says, I'm going Now, I know they're evil parents. But I'm, I'm talking about most people. You would never do harm or, or reject your children because they're imperfect, because they didn't do it right. Um, I knew a parent one time, I'll be careful here, uh, and they, they were very angry at their child because they couldn't tie their shoe. And then they, re, they reflected that anger onto the children as though, as though tying the shoe was so important. And I know there's times when, when you, your children need to get it right and you're trying to, you know, you're working on it. But, but how many knows that patience is a virtue? And here, so here's a parent that is literally, I'm not going to tell that whole story, but, but is angry at the children uh, because they couldn't tie the shoe. Well, I want to tell you something. Uh, no parent would be upset with their children because they're not perfect. In fact, uh, I want to tell you, you can have a child born that is, is handicapped. How many of us what I mean by a handicapped child? Maybe they're, uh, they're mentally handicapped or, or born with deficiencies. And, and I want to tell you about that. They, you will love that baby. In a way, because it's a protective nature of a parent. So I'm getting all preachy here. Nobody would say, well, that baby's... I know we're in a world where... I know we're in an unbelievable world, but most people would say, that baby needs protection, and so you would protect the baby. That's what God does. He's not running around saying, okay, who's perfect? Then I'm going to help all the... Because if he was just helping all the perfect people, he wouldn't be helping anybody. There's no such thing as perfect people. That doesn't mean, then, that you aren't to do what he tells you to do. But it means that you're not perfect. He's not hearing you because 
You're perfect. He's hearing you because you're godly. You're his child. Hallelujah. Anybody know that he's your father in heaven? Praise God. Our father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Praise God. So because of a godly person, the Lord will hear their call. Stand in awe and sin not. Everybody say sin not. Commune with your own heart upon your bed. That's why I put here, if you'll notice, I'm helping you with the Hebrew a little bit since I teach Hebrew. All right, so this commune with your own heart is, is good. I, I have no problem with saying commune with your own heart. Most people wouldn't, wouldn't catch it, what it means. But it basically means to ponder in your own heart upon your bed. Stand in awe and sin not. Now, many people think that, well, then if I'm not perfect, then I can just sin all I want to. How many knows how it's like saying, OK, I picked a dollar off of the sidewalk and it wasn't mine. Now, some people feel guilty about it. I don't know. I never feel guilty. About it. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> now, if I found 10 million dollars on the sidewalk and took it. Now, that'd be. Great. No, no, that'd be, that'd be I'm sorry. Uh, that'd be horrible. That You don't want to do You. I would say, Sister French is praising God already. Um, I, I found $10 million. Oh, honey, guess what? I found $10 million. Hallelujah. And I gave it to the police. Hallelujah. Well, what did they do with it? They can't find it. Um, so anyway, stand in awe and sin not. Just because, uh, just because I found a dollar and I... And I picked it up. Doesn't mean, okay, I picked up a dollar that wasn't mine. So anything that's not mine, I can take it. You see how stupid that kind of logic is? But that's the culture that we live in. For example, if it feels good, do it. That's exactly what that is. Or if I feel, well, what if you felt good jumping off of a building or something? Well, this really feels good until, of course, you hit the ground. But you, you understand what I'm saying? Nobody lives like that. It is absolute nonsense. What we are to do is to love God and praise God and live for God. Saints, you need to live for God. Turn the television off and live for God. Control your heart and your mind and talk to God. And when you repent, what does God do when you repent? He forgives you. Stand in awe and sin not. Commune with your own heart upon your bed and be still. Offer the sacrifices of what? Righteousness. He doesn't want your money. All of your talent, all of your education, no matter how excellent it may be, that's not what he's looking for. The sacrifice that he's looking for is righteousness. Offer unto him righteousness. So in other words, Lord, now here, I used to do that. I couldn't stop. My, both of my folks smoked four packs a day. So I practically smoked myself. All right, even though I never smoked, but. Listen, if you're in the house with two people that smoke four packs a, a day, did I say a day? Was it a day? That sounds weird all of a sudden. But that's, that's the truth. It just dawned on me. <laughs> mom, we, we might as well stop the tape here. Uh, of course, mom got the Holy Ghost. Dad got the Holy Ghost. So uh, I'm talking about people that are going to heaven and love God. But, uh, but there was a day when they were smoking, smoking, smoking. And, and they could not stop. So that means, I don't know how many are in a pack, but I'm just, let's just say, I have no idea, maybe 10, 20 maybe. 
and and they're smoking so there's eight of those so eight times 20 i mean you can get the thing what i'm trying to tell you and you're in the same house Mostly the same living room, and there, and, and you're like, "Where are you, mom?" And, oh, I see you over there. Um, but now the Lord, I remember when mom called and said, "God's d- delivered me from cigarettes." I remember the day she called and said, "Mom," uh, mom said, uh, "God has delivered me from cigarettes." Hallelujah! Of course, I was thinking. <laughs> Never, no, that, that didn't happen. Uh, when my dad, he was such a heavy drinker, he called one, one day after he got the Holy Ghost, he called him because we hadn't seen him in years, and he called and said, I got the Holy Ghost. Well, he actually wrote a letter, and th- then he called and said, I got the Holy Ghost. I went and got that. And I said to myself, not to someone else because I'm so holy, but I said to myself, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's what I said to myself. I give him three weeks. That's what I said to myself. But guess what? The Lord took an unrighteous soul and turned it into a righteous soul. Hallelujah. This story could be told over and over. I'm just trying to tell you that righteousness is something that the Lord brings about in your life and you offer it up unto him. So sin not, but commune upon your bed within your heart and offer the sacrifices of righteousness and put your trust in the Lord. Can you say praise the Lord? Amen. So God answers the prayer of the godly. Now, I want to say one more thing because I, I cut myself off because I'm so excited here. But listen to me. Some of you won't like it, and I just want you to hear me. I don't want you to misunderstand me. God is not obligated to answer the prayer of an ungodly person. Now, he does. I'm not saying he never does. I am telling you that there is nothing in Scripture that said an ungodly person must instantly, by the way, we're living in a day, most of uh, television religion is somebody saying, I need it, and so I claim it, and it's mine. And that's a perversion of Scripture. Now, you've got to claim and believe, and God will answer prayer, but it's not because you just did it. It's because God is the one that gives. How many knows that God is able and he cares? But you've got to be righteous. You've got to turn yourself over to God. Now, let's go to the next one. Now, we're, down, we're moving over into Psalm uh, 5. Now, we've already done this, but we're coming back. Now, look at verse 1 and 2. Give ear to, the, to my words, O Lord. Consider my meditation. So what I've done there is I decided after last week to, to take the Hebrew and, and kind of smooth it out. So give ear to my words, O Lord. And... Uh, consider my meditation. Now that that word is it's. I mean, there's almost no doubt. There's almost no question about not the word meditation in English, but the word meditation in Hebrew means the what is going on inside of me. That's really that's really what I should have put there. It just occurred to me that would have been better. In other words, Lord, consider what is going on in my heart. I'm looking at people right now just look lovely. But in your heart, there's all kinds of things. You, you, oh, God, if you only knew. And, and you're telling nobody about it. But God knows because it's the cry. I, remember, the, that's why I use this, by the way. The cry of your heart. It's like inside your soul. Uh, remember, the, what's the song? And my soul cries out, hallelujah. What's that song? Thank God for saving me. So I'm going to quote an old song. <laughs> Just like it's Bible 
All right. So the cry of the heart, my soul cries out. Hallelujah. Now, how does my soul cry out? Hallelujah. Through my voice and different singing and so on. But my, my, my heart begins to cry out. My heart begins to say, oh, God, and God sees the heart. Oh, hallelujah, I'm preaching. This is so true. He sees the heart. So it doesn't matter who walks in this building. They can be the vilest of sinners, but God sees the heart. Someone said, that man has no right to it. That's right. None of us had a right to it. But he sees our hearts. Give ear to my words, O Lord, and consider the cry of my heart, my meditation, the thing that's going on deep inside of me, Lord. Hallelujah. Let's lift our hands and ask God to do that right now. Lord, I want you to see what's really going on deep inside of me. That's what sincerity is, Lord. Prayer is in sincerity brings a mighty result praise God I'll tell you one thing it brings it brings strength when you pray in sincerity hearken unto the voice of my cry my king everyone say my king see that's how you ought to be praying these people that say the devil's been after me all day long bless his holy name that's negative prayer but when you say Lord even though I'm walking through the valley of the shadow, I'm not going to fear any evil. Because you are my shepherd. You're my king. Hallelujah. Someone said the government's going to put me in jail in the morning. But it doesn't matter because I know I have a righteous God and I'm worshiping you. So hearken unto the voice of my cry, my king and my God. For unto thee will I Pray. Now, we've already gone through the Lord's Prayer, so let's go now to the next one. Now, we're continuing in Psalm 5. Now, let's look at uh, <clears throat> the rest of Psalm 5. All right. Now, we're picking it up here. In, if you notice down here, it's, I, I apologize for this. It just seemed so brilliant at the time. And then, and then later you realize that was not brilliant. Okay. So what I, uh, okay, um, we'll pull that one up. <coughs> Psalm Five verse three. Are we able to get that one up there? Or are we having Psalm five? There we go. Now, see, you got to look down here. So the first two verses right here, these are the first two. Uh, and then I'm jumping to verse eight and then verse a little bit of verse 10 and then 11 and 12. So you can see I've jumped around quite a bit. So my voice shalt thou hear in the morning, O Lord. In the morning will I direct my prayer unto thee and will look up. In other words, I'm going to lift up my head. Now, I know that you need to bow your head. And I believe in bowed head. Humility and all is perfectly legitimate. But at some point in prayer, you have to reach the point. That you say, Lord, I, I'm, I'm, here's, I've repented of every sin. And now I'm lifting my head and I'm looking up in belief that God is going to answer my prayer. Anybody know that God answers prayer? He answers prayer. And so I will direct my prayer unto thee and I, and I will look up. For thou art not a God that hath pleasure in wickedness. See, So now we're getting this repeat of righteous prayer causes God to take your enemies on as his own enemies. Now, this is so profound that it's almost impossible to say without awe. 
He takes your enemies on as his own. And here's why. Here we are, verse, <clears throat> verse number, this is actually verse 4. For thou art not a God. You could follow this right here and then maybe that make it easier because I've kind of complicated it. For thou art not a God that hath pleasure in wickedness. Okay? You're in that America? He's not going to put up with wickedness. Judgment will come to wicked acts. Someone said, well, we can kill all the unborn children we want. No, you won't. Because judgment day is coming. There will be a day when God says, that's it. C.S. Lewis said he's going to walk in, he's going to pull down the shade and say, good night. That's exactly what he's going to do. So let's look at it again. So here we are. For thou art not a God that hath pleasure in wickedness, neither shall evil dwell with thee. Now, I, I, I took liberties there to translate the Hebrew because we, most of us here, if we said evil, neither shall evil dwell with thee, we, we'd sort of wonder precisely what does it mean to dwell with it, with wickedness. And, it, and so I've translated, see it there in the black? God doesn't tolerate it. He doesn't say, okay, come on, wickedness, have a seat, let's have supper. He said, no, no, I'm not tolerating evil, and so he stands against it. Lead me, O Lord, in thy righteousness because of mine enemies. Make thy way straight before my face. Anybody know that's a great prayer to pray? What we're doing actually is praying. You're saying, Lord, I want to see the straight path in front of me. That We ought to be praying that prayer. What a tremendous prayer, by the way. That's another lesson, but I'm not going to pass it up. So we say, Lord, make your path straight in front of me so that I can see clearly how to walk where you want me to go. Wow. Of course, if you ever pray the, the 23rd Psalm, which many, many people do, the 23rd Psalm is the most used, quoted, and beloved by all poll, all data in, in the entire world, the 23rd Psalm. If you pray the 23rd Psalm, then you're saying, you know, lead me in the paths. You lead me in paths of righteousness. All right, let's keep going. Uh, so make thy way straight before my face, for there is no faithfulness in their mouth. Okay, now here we go. Uh, here we go. Now what I'm going to do is I'm going to switch to the two other translations, all right? All right, so here's what we're going to do. I'm going to do a handspring because some of you didn't have any coffee, and so I have to do something. All right, now, so, so notice here, we're going to translate this right here. For there is no faithfulness in their mouth, which is, you know, that makes sense, but we're going we're gonna to look at another translation. Their inward part is very wickedness, okay? I, I, so I've chosen to go to the new living, which is here. My enemies... Now, this new living, by the way, is translated by a fellow by the name of Phil Comfort, who uh, I used to work for him in when I worked for Tyndale in Chicago, when I pastored in Chicago. And he's a brilliant a scholar, brilliant individual. And he, he is the translator of what the NLT, that's not a sandwich. That is a Bible called the New Living Translation, called the NLT, all right? My enemies cannot speak a truthful word. Their deepest desire is to destroy others. So I'm, I'm saying that because I want you to know that Phil Comfort is a Hebrew scholar. Went to the same went to the same university I went to. Got his degree in Greek. Same place I got my degree in Greek. 
and uh, is because of this translation and, and some other things has become quite well known in evangelical circles. Now, so let's keep going. So, uh, but the ESV is another translation, which stands for the English Standard Version. All right. And it says their innermost self is destruction. In other words, they're filled with destruction. They, they want to destroy. They want to hurt people. Now, you understand that the reason what the psalmist is doing, because this is David, is he's going back and forth between what's in my heart and what's in the heart of my enemies. See, my enemies, what's in their heart is they want to kill me. But what's in my heart is I want what is right. I want righteousness. That's why, for example, no matter what the culture says, we're going to obey God. No matter, what the, no matter what the judge says, I'm going to obey God. I'm going to respect the judge, but I'm going to obey God. Someone said to me the other day, well, uh, but if they tell you, you've got to do it. I said, well, did you say that when Dr. King was marching in the streets? No, sir, you didn't say it. Because you knew it was not true. And it's not true now. It let God be true and every man a liar. I'm going to serve God and I'm going to seek God and I'm going to praise God. Now, that could be very convenient. Some people just want to do what they want to do. Then you'd be in trouble. But hey, you'd be far better off to obey God than to obey anybody else in this whole entire world. All right. So so it is. Now, let's keep going. Oh, God, let them fall by their own counsels. Can you say that with me? Let them fall. By their own counsel. So here the prayer continues. So a righteous prayer is that the enemy would be defeated. Now, how many know anybody ever heard the name Adolf Hitler? And do you think it would be wrong to pray that God would defeat Adolf Hitler? That wouldn't be wrong, would it? In fact, you'd be foolish to think, well, Lord, I don't care if Adolf Hitler wins and he kills all these people. would make any difference. Yes, it made a difference. And many, many, many people prayed against such spiritual forces. In fact, uh, William Shire wrote the book of Fall of the whatever was it Fall of the Rise and Fall of the Third Reich I think it was called. Anyway, in in his book, of course that's written many many years ago, but he actually was there when Hitler was coming down the streets of Berlin, and he said there was a there in in, in his eye he said you could see a diabolical glistening in his eye. It was like you know, and I know that's very subjective, but anyway, it's famous. He's famous for having said it. Anyone that's ever seen. And uh, heard of Hitler's story knows that he was a very troubled soul. And, and millions lost their lives because of one man who was probably demon-possessed. But you know what? To pray against such evil is a righteous thing. To pray against someone who is killing unborn babies is a righteous thing. Doesn't matter what anybody else. Someone said, uh, you got a PhD, you ought to know better. No, no, I, I believe what God says and I stand for what God says. And someday the entire culture is going to pay for it. In fact, we're already paying for it. In fact, we've been paying for it for many years. So lead me, Lord, in thy righteousness. So, so, uh, so let them fall by their own counsels. And the new living says, let them get caught in their own traps. So a righteous prayer is that when evil people are doing evil, that you pray that they will get caught in their own evil. Lord, don't let them, don't let them win. Don't let them destroy good people, but let them get caught in their own. 
Now, that's what the new living. I, I, we, could, we need to go much further because I, I just found that very interesting that Phillips thought that he would translate, let them fall by their own counsels. You get it? See, the, to, fall, to fall by your own counsels means you say an unborn baby doesn't matter. And then someone comes along and says, and you don't matter. See, you fell into your own counsel. I've told several people, and I know several hard-nosed abortionists, they believe that, uh, that the child is absolutely nothing, no matter how old the child was. And I said, but, but here's what you're doing morally. You're destroying the fabric of people's minds, especially a generation that believes what you're saying, that you can kill. Uh, I, I, I'm, my mind is racing. I'm going to get past it because it disturbs me. All right, so let's keep going. But let all those that put their trust in thee rejoice. Everybody say hallelujah. Let them ever shout for joy because thou defendest them. Praise God. Here we have it, folks. You pray in righteousness against evil and God becomes your defense. He stands with you. He's there. So the devil comes up. You know what the God does? I was, when I first got the Holy Ghost as a young boy, none of my family was in church at all, but, but uh, I was going to high school and I was, uh, valedictorian in my high school and I was I don't know if I was senior junior I forget and this guy came up with a knife and in the gym and behind kind of the bleachers there and he grabbed pulled me over because he's a big old guy because I'm pretty big anyway so he grabbed me and pulled me over there put the knife to my neck <laughs> it, was, it was one of those weird moments you little preacher kid that's what he said to me Oh, to cut your throat. And at first, it, it, I was a little, you know, a little nervous. I don't want to admit it on when they're taping it, but I was a little nervous at first. <laughs> Especially when it was going. And then he said, he started cursing God. And that's when the Holy Ghost kicked in. And I said, wait a minute, wait, wait, wait. You, you, you can say what you want to me, but you, 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 I don't want you cursing God. I'll curse, whatever. Who do you think you are? I said, well, I'm going to tell you right now, I'll stand toe-to-toe with you. If you think you're going to stand in my presence and use Jesus' name like he's some, something vile, you know what he did? That guy was literally shocked. Because here the valedictorian was. He thought he was going to really prove something by taking the valedictorian and, 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 and roughing him up a little bit. But guess what? God stands there with you, gives you the strength you need. And guess what? That fellow became a pretty good friend of mine. Now, I never got anywhere near the bleachers again, but he was a pretty good friend. Became a pretty good friend of mine. In fact, one time he thought somebody was picking on me and he went over and knocked him down. I said, what are you doing? He said, well, didn't, wasn't he picking on you? I said, no. Oh, oh, sorry. <laughs> he picked him up. <laughs> so he became a pretty good friend of mine. So God helps us in, in, in unusual ways. Isn't it good to have even, you know, folks, we need to treat everybody in a righteous way, no matter who they are. That's why we have jail ministry services all the time praise god hallelujah so he def- thou defendest them let them also that love thy name be joyful in thee for thou lord wilt bless the righteous with favor wilt thou compass him as with a shield 
Praise God. Anybody want the Lord to put a shield up when the devil? See what I said? The devil, God, devil thinks he's got you and God puts a shield up there and the devil can't come against you. Praise God. We just praise God for it right now and thank God for what he's doing. Whatever your need is today, just tell the Lord. Father, I need the shield. I need the shield up in Jesus' name. Okay, now let's go to Psalm 6. I, I was hoping I could go faster, but you know me. I just can't go faster. All right, here we go. Psalm 6 and 8. So here we are. There, there it is. See, the hand, I found this. <laughs> I don't know where that comes from, but I found it. And so you got your hand up there, and the devil comes against it, and God says, See, that's what happens when you pray. God accepts your prayer. And the devil thinks he's coming through, and God says, No. Hallelujah. Somebody's listening to me today. So look at it. We're going to read verse 8, Psalm 6 and 8. Depart from me, all ye workers of iniquity, for the Lord hath heard the voice of my weeping. So he's heard the sound of my, of my weeping, and therefore the enemy has to depart. Everyone say amen. That's taking authority over the enemy. Depart from me, devil. Get away from me. How many ever heard the, uh, in the New Testament where Jesus says, get behind me, Satan? Wow, this is, this is some good stuff. And it's just a, a, the early Bible lesson. So get behind me, Satan. Leave me alone. Somebody ought, to, somebody ought to take note of that. Okay, let's keep going. The Lord hath heard my supplication. The Lord will receive my prayers. He accepts my prayer and gives me authority. Let all mine enemies be ashamed and sore vexed. Let them return and be ashamed suddenly. Now, let's... Oh, uh, I don't remember what translation that is, we, we, and I didn't write it down, uh, so it doesn't matter. But look at this translation. May all my enemies be disgraced. In other words, the word disgraced means proven to be false and terrified. Psalm 6 and, eight, uh, six and 10, and terrified. <laughs> Hallelujah. I wish somebody would listen to me today. You can, you can literally. How many knows that the, the devil is terrified of the Lord? Hallelujah. Someone said, oh, no, man, we're the cool kids. <laughs> no, no, friend, I got news for you. When the devil sees the Lord coming around and giving you authority, he knows he's got to run. In fact, uh, the, uh, James said, resist the devil and he'll what? He'll flee. So may all my enemies be disgraced and terrified. May they suddenly turn back in shame. All right, let's see if we have time to do a couple more. All right, now let's look at uh, Psalm 32. Keep going. We, just, we don't have time to get it all, but we'll get a little few more. All right, now notice I put both translations here. For this shall everyone, for this shall everyone that is godly pray unto thee in a time when thou mayest be found, surely in the floods of great waters, they shall not come nigh unto him. Thou art my hiding place. Thou shalt preserve me from trouble. Thou shalt compass me about with songs of deliverance. Now, the, the New Living says, Therefore, let all the godly pray to you while there is still time, that they may not drown in the floodwaters of judgment. For you are my hiding place. You protect me from trouble. You surround me with songs of victory. So God is your hiding place. Praise God. I feel like today that the Lord is 
helping us to realize that no matter what anybody else does, what anybody else says, you have a place you can go. So, folks, if you're not praying and you're wondering why you don't feel protected, it's because you're not getting in the hiding place. You need to find a place where you can just sort of slip in there. And, I, folks, I want to tell you, you've got to develop an attitude. I'm going to pray everywhere I go, anywhere I'm at. Sometimes, I, of course, I'm a preacher. I get away with it. But, but uh, I'll be in places, and I'll just start going, oh, someone will call, and maybe I'll get a text, and they'll say, so-and-so just had a heart attack. And I just, oh, Jesus, Jesus, I forget that I'm, <laughs> that I'm in, the, in Kroger. So you've got to slip into the hiding place. You have to say, here I am, Lord. I, I need you. I need this protection. Hallelujah. Does anybody need the Lord to protect you from the enemy and give you strength and help you? Folks, you've got to quit this thinking it's all about praying for, for money and, and so on. Those things are important. But it's way more than just that. It's all about God delivering you from your enemies. I'm going to try to squeeze Psalm 55. So let's, let's turn to Psalm 55. It's going to come up here. This will be our last one. So if you continually pray, then the Lord will save you from your enemies. That's what Psalm 55 says. We're going to begin at verse 1. Give ear unto my prayer, O God, and hide not thyself from my supplication, which is a, he, it's an old word for my cry or my plea. Attend to me and hear me. I mourn in my complaint and make a noise. Now that's... Uh, that's a little, a little interesting. So I've given, you the, uh, I've, I've given you the new living here. I mourn in my complaint and make a noise is translated. I am overwhelmed in my troubles. And I reach a point where I need someone to save me from the circumstance. Do you ever say to God, I don't know what I'm going to do. But what am I going to do? I, I can't tell you the number of times people walk into this church and say, Pastor, I don't know what I'm going to do. And I say, well, join the human race. That's, that's, we understand, but guess what? God knows what to do. He knows, he knows exactly what you need. Hallelujah. He can save you just in time. When it seems you're not going to make it. Any, hey, folks, there have been times I thought, Lord, I wish you'd have saved me a second ago before I fell off of the building. But he caught you down. <laughs> he caught you. Someone said, I fell off the building. Well, I landed on a pillow. Hallelujah. God kept you. You say, well, why did he let you fall? See, this is what always amazes me. I know it's human nature, but listen, if you fall off a building and God saves you in the midst of it, then that's what he did. He saved you in the midst of it. Praise God. Someone said, my baby was sick and. Why did he let the heal my baby later? But why did he let him get sick? You know what? Lord, I'm, I know we're living in a world where there's all kinds of sickness. And I know babies that never made it at all. And that you touched my baby. You brought him through. Lord, I thank you for it. Whatever the reason is, I thank you for it. Praise God. We're going to have to stop right there. Let's stand together. We'll come back to this. And let's lift our hearts and let's praise God. Continually pray and he'll save you from your enemy. Let's ask God to touch us today. Our evangelist is going to be here shortly. Father, we thank you for the anointing that we feel here in the Bible lesson. Thank you for prayer, people praying, talking to God. Thank you for the anointing that's in this place. Lord, bless and keep us and give us faith for revival. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.